Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the fifth down. I'm your host, Jose. With me tonight is only Junie. What's up, Junie? What's going on, man? Not much, man. Excited for Super Bowl weekend. We got, you know, the big game, but we also got the, you know, the big show with uh, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, K-Dot, Mary J. Blige. Man, I'm excited, man. It's a big yeah, weekend. I mean, finally, you know, like a, a Super Bowl halftime show that's going to be like, like, you know, for, for us, you know, 90s kids, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's I mean, why, like, they, I keep seeing all these memes and TikToks of, like, the kids about to see their parents, you know? Like, an- yeah. another side of their parents. Like, and it's true, you know? Yeah. We all we all grew up, you know, wanting to, you know, wear the Converse, the Chucks, you know? Like, yep. just like Snoop Dogg, you know? And and do our hands up, like, like they do in Still Dre. Like, we all yep. grew up doing that, man. So it's crazy. It's be it, fun. Yeah, it's crazy because a lot of these kids that are, you know, that are that are grown up now, they don't know who Eminem is. They don't know yeah. who Dr. Dre is. And that's who we grew up on. You know, that's exactly, you know, you know, like I remember in in middle school watching the, you know, uh, hi, my name is video by Eminem. I'm like, who, who is this cat? Like, yeah, exactly. White rapper, with the blonde hair. Yeah, with the blonde hair. Blonde. And we're like, who is this dude? And all of a sudden, Dr. Dre was behind him. And I'm like, okay, okay, give him the chance. And yeah. all of a sudden, he blows up. And, you know, he's one of the greatest rappers of all time. So it's uh, it's going to be exciting, man. And then watching 8 Mile and all that, yeah. you know, it's like saw another side of Eminem. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah, yeah. like... We all thought we we all thought that like he wanted to murder his wife, you know, because he always <laughs> no yeah always those, sang, those skits those yeah skits exactly his, oh my god they they, they were serious you, man and, and then you realize you know like it was just an act you know it was yeah, the yeah, music yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah he didn't actually want to hit her with the shovel and right. you know bury her in the woods like right that 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 was just the the line um but yeah man I'm excited you know oh, oh yeah and there's a game too there, oh, there's oh, yeah, an actual oh, yeah. game oh yeah yeah you know and it's gonna be a good game i like it you know it's burrow versus um stafford so we we know you know it's gonna be two capable qbs hopefully the rams offense actually shows up this time in the super bowl Mm -hmm. two years ago no it was three years ago oh boy that Mm -hmm. i'm still trying to forget how bad that super bowl was (laughs) it was a rough one it was a rough one to follow um but yeah i'm excited um uh, it's going to be a good one, but, um, you know, I know that the Bengals are like the kind of like the underdog because the Rams are the home team, but I've just been having this feeling with them like all, yeah. all along this playoff run, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I just, I feel like they, you know, Burrow, he's just on another level right now. Yeah. His, his self-confidence and like how his team is behind him. I just, I feel like it's hard to pick against them and, you know, I, I'm riding with with the Bengals. You know, they 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 have a healthy team. Mm-hmm. They 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 have a they have a coach who was you know who came up under McVay. So like like it's it's gonna be cool to see the student versus the teacher, even though they're yep. both really young. The young yep. student versus the young teacher. But yeah, yeah, you know, what are kind of your expectations for the game? To be honest, man, you know me this whole time. I've been against the Bengals. I've been saying, hey, look, yeah. they're good, but it's not their time. They're good, but it's not their time. And you know what? I am starting to lean towards the Bengals going into the weekend. Uh, the last couple of weeks, I've been leaning towards the Rams. Um, Vegas is Vegas thinks the Rams are the favorites. They're uh, minus four right now. But 
for some reason, you know, you know, watching, you know, the AFC championship game, watching Joe Burrow come back, you know, from that deficit from halftime, um, his team believing in him, like the way he carries himself, the swagger that he has, he's that same guy from that national championship, but even better now. And I've, I've always liked Joe Burrow, but I always kind of, I always kind of had this thing in the back of my head, like, uh, Justin Herbert's better because you know what? He had a better rookie year, but now I'm starting to really buy into Joe Burrow. Um, just because he is, is really showing and proving that, Hey, look, I don't care who you are. I don't care what your, you know, what your name says on the back of your Jersey, Patrick Mahomes, we're going to beat you. And yep. I have this feeling just like you, Jose, cause I'm a believer now that the Bengals are going to win this game, you know, because Rams, it's perfect for them. It's yeah, the underdog story. 100%. The Rams have a really good defense, Aaron Donald, um, Von Miller. They have the best cornerback in the league in Jalen Ramsey. But when it comes down to it, the Cincinnati Bengals have the better quarterback, right? It's between Joe Burrow and Matt Stafford. Props to Matt Stafford. He made big plays. Um, he made a lot of big plays during the, uh, during the uh, NFC championship game versus the Niners. But I feel like Joe Burrow is going to be the one who's going to make more plays. I feel like he has the, um, even though Cooper cup is the best receiver, I feel like the Bengals have the best, the better receiving core in this yes. game. Uh, there's more options. And I feel like they have the better running game as well. Um, the difference in this game or I think the X factor in this game is going to be um, Jamar Chase. Even though Jamar Chase is their number one receiver, you know, uh, last game he was kind of quiet, six catches, 54 yards and a touchdown. Uh, not quite the Jamar Chase numbers we're, we're used to, but I think in this game he is going to come up big um, and he's going to show uh, people why he was the uh, rookie of the year. And uh, I think the Bengals win, Jose. Yeah, and here's the thing, too. You know, even if Jalen Ramsey gets um, takes that assignment against Jamar Chase, who's going to defend um, Higgins, you know? True. Yep. Like, I mean, if he's on if he's on Chase, can't be on Higgins, too. And, and I, I think that that's what makes the Bengals so dangerous. You know, if you try to eliminate Chase from the game, they have Higgins, they have Boyd. You know, they, they, they have Mixon. And the thing is, it's like, oh, everyone's going to talk about that pass rush. They're going to talk about Donald and, and, and Miller. But here's the thing. Burrow's been used to not having an offensive line. So he's become an expert at getting rid of the ball really quick. So how can you sack a quarterback that doesn't hold on to the ball for very long? Right. And hard. a quarterback that has such such speedy receivers that they, they, they get to their destination in a, you know, in quick succession and he's able to get rid of the ball fast. I think that's what makes the Bengals such a, a dangerous offense. And Burrow's not going to be afraid to throw an interception early in the game. And I think that's why that's what makes him so special. Like he, he's not going to be afraid to make the throws. They can be down in the fourth quarter with two minutes to go. He's not going to be afraid to make those dangerous throws because he believes in, in, in himself i mean mm -hmm. he's got a chain that has his name on it and you know and 
covered in diamonds. <laughs> and he legit said that he makes too much money to not have it be covered in diamonds. So like, you know, like his self-confidence is through the roof and, and that will be the ultimate benefit for the Bengals this Sunday. 100%. I definitely agree with you. Yeah. And now moving on to another topic within the NFL, we kind of started this debate on the side a few days ago, you know, regarding Russell Wilson. Um, uh, some comments were made about him kind of talking about him not being quite an elite level quarterback. And so it started this debate and uh, you, Brad, and myself actually started um, debating this. And um, you and I believe that he is um, elite, you know, but Brad kind of seems to be a little lower on him, you know, and kind of compared him more to like a Donovan McNabb. But to me, like the numbers speak for themselves. And I feel like Russell Wilson doesn't get the proper respect, you know, because um, the Seahawks have never been a prime destination for any free agent. He made, he put them on the map, you know, um, before he was there, I mean, Tavares Jackson had been the the quarterback and they had gone seven. Yeah. They had gone seven and nine, you know, Mm -hmm. barely made the playoffs and, you know, they, they already had Marshawn Lynch, but they had no, no passing game. Russell Wilson came along and, and he changed the culture there. And yeah, things haven't quite gone their way these last few years, but he won a Super Bowl and he got to another one and yeah, he didn't win it against new England, but it's weird that, you know, while Aaron Rodgers gets the pass, of only, you know, having one Super Bowl under his belt, it seems like Russell Wilson has been devalued because he only has one Super Bowl. So I don't know if you agree with me in that he just, it seems like he's just unfairly evaluated in terms of being a top echelon quarterback. I think he is, especially because of the era he is playing in, right? You have Tom Brady, you have Aaron Rodgers, you know, he played when Peyton Manning was still there. Drew Brees. Uh, Drew Brees. I mean, and Roethlisberger. Yeah. So if you look at the quarterbacks that he played during his era, they're all elite. They're all very good. Yeah. Um, but I, I definitely agree with you, Jose, because Russell Wilson, if he wins that game versus New England, if he gives the ball to Marshawn Lynch, let's face it, if he gave the ball to Marshawn Lynch, yeah. they would have won, right? Absolutely. One yard. One yard, right? They all they only needed one yard, and Russell Wilson would have two Super Bowls under his belt. When you get that second Super Bowl, it 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 elevates you to a different class, right? When Peyton Manning won that second Super Bowl with the Broncos, he went from top five to top two. So we need to give Russell Wilson time. Um this argument came from uh, Ryan Clark saying that Russell Wilson is not an all-time great, which I disagree with. Um, if you look at the all-time greats, you know, we think about Tom Brady. We think about uh, Aaron Rodgers. We think about Peyton Manning. Uh, we think about Dan Marino. The list goes on. I mean, there's so many John Elway. Uh, but let me ask you this, Jose. Um, do, you think, do you think Russell Wilson is better than Matt Ryan? Absolutely. Much better. Matt Ryan is eighth all time in passing yards. Do you think Russell Wilson is better than Matt Stafford? Absolutely. Matt Stafford is 11th in passing yards. Do you think one more, do you think, do you think Russell Wilson is better than this? This is the one we talked about Dan Marino. 
Um, Talent-wise, no, but I think he's a better leader. I think that that's what gives – that's where I would give Russell Wilson the slight edge. I feel like he was a better commander of his team, better leader, and the fact that he actually – the fact that he actually got the the chip, you know, that, I like what you did there. What, I, li- I like what you did with the commanders. I, I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's good. Let's yeah. let's make that happen. We got to make it happen. We, we got to plug. We got to plug commanders every time we can. Know, you know. There you go. There you go. There you go. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I think you know that's where I give him the slight edge. Leadership. Like you look at him. He's a leader. He commands his offense. His players respect him. You know, they can get frustrated with him like you do with any any QB, you know, at times if you're like, you know, if Metcalf doesn't feel like he's getting the ball mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. But he's not going to get in Russell Wilson's face and tell him about it. He's He might pout a little bit on the sideline, but he's not going to do it directly to Russell Wilson because he commands that respect. Right. Now, while Dan Marino had that respect too, I feel like Russell Wilson gets the edge because of the of the chip in my eyes feel like he took it to that next level whereas marino you know he only went to one but you know he ultimately fell short mm-hmm. no I, I i agree with you I, I i would put russell wilson in the dan marino steve young um brett Favre class of quarterbacks yeah. you know the you know the top tier is the, the tom brady drew uh, tom brady Peyton manning uh aaron Rodgers class that's like tier one then I'll put tier two as I would do um, uh, John Elway. Um, who else we got? Uh, um, and then and then you, you you think about the ones who have multiple ones. Uh, oh, not let's not forget about Joe Montana. Joe Montana's tier yeah. one. Sorry for tier the Joe one. Montana fans because I know they're gonna kill me for this one. Yeah. Joe Montana. Joe Montana is definitely in tier one. Tier two is gonna be the quarterbacks that won two, like Elway, two to three like, Elway. You know, um, and then and then Ben Roethlisberger. Would Ben Roethlisberger fall in that tier too? See the the thing, Jose. I I don't think I think I think Russell Wilson is better than Ben Roethlisberger. I agree. Like and 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 the difference I think is you pointed out is the the leadership. I don't think Ben has ever been, he's been a leader, but he hasn't been a good leader. Um, no, you know, he, he, he was kind of focused on him. Yeah. Like, and, and he's been, he's been that way his whole career. I mean, look at his off he, seasons. Like he doesn't, yeah. he's not like, he's not the type of quarterback, like, Oh, let's, let's go here. Season programs. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it here. And he does Ben's his a, own thing for three months mm-hmm. and then comes back and does training camp and stuff. Which you know, some people are just like that. They yep. they're, they yep. they don't really believe in that brotherhood of like, you know, spending time together in the summer and stuff. And I think he relied a little too much on Mike Tomlin, right. knowing that Mike Tomlin is the ultimate coach. You know, like ultimate leader. So he's like, you know, coach got it. I I don't need to be like a mentor to these other kids. Like, and yeah, I th- I think that's why Ben Roethlisberger sometimes gets like put a little bit lower on people's list because sure, yeah. people forget that you know like barring these last four or five years where this number started to dip ben roethlisberger used to be the real deal like yeah no he he, he first always eight had nine years yeah he always had the talent you know he was big um he was great at at making plays in terms of you know going outside the pocket and brushing two defenders off of him and then finding santonio San homes in the end zone 
Like the dude is definitely talented, but in terms of work ethic, you know, we're talking about the Tom Brady's, you know, the, the Russell Wilson's, the guys that wake up at 4 AM and, you know, get, get a workout before the, the real workout in, you know, and, and I think that's what separates Russell Wilson from Ben Roethlisberger. And you know what? I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it against Russell, uh, Russell Wilson winning another Super Bowl in the next five years, depending on what team he's on. You know, it exactly because, like I said, you put him on Washington, you know, with the commanders, you know, yeah, you put him, you put him go. with the Buccaneers. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. even, you know, even Brad's 49ers, yep. you know, like Trey Lance, sure, he's a project, but I mean, come on, like if you could have Russell Wilson now, like I would take that over sure. having Lance, you know, sure, sure, sure. So, like, you know, you put him on any of those three teams, like they go to the Super Bowl with him as their mm-hmm. quarterback. Or at least they compete to go to the Super Bowl. Sure, sure. He is that type of quarterback, which to me, like, it means he isn't on an elite level. Now, you know, a guy that does have two rings, but that is always going to be lower in people's minds because, you know, he he just wasn't as good as his brother as Eli. Mm, yep. And that's a perfect example that you can have multiple rings, but it doesn't necessarily make you all time great. Right, right, right. He was he was good in the games that mattered. Twice against New England, he showed up and he beat them. We got to give him that. But, you know, you can't forget how many seasons he had where he threw, you know, 20 plus interceptions. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and just like, you know, constant bad decisions. So that's why it's like we can't just completely evaluate quarterbacks on championships. But the fact that Wilson has a championship and he is so talented, I feel like, you know, Ryan Clark, I respect his opinion. But I think he's completely off on this one. Sure, sure. And I, I think another thing that would change people's minds about Russell Wilson is if he had an MVP. I think if he had uh, the hardware in terms of uh, the, his stats, I think he would be elevated. You know, like let's take for example Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers just won his fourth MVP. And even though he's only won one Super Bowl, people are people still talk about him. You know, like he's amazing, which he is. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But and and this is a question that I wanted to ask you. He's getting all this praise of winning his fourth um, MVP. But a couple of weeks ago, he lost. You know, in the second round of the NFC uh, NFC playoffs. What? Like, why? Why are people so infatuated with him? Because he, people, I get that he's talented. I get that, you know, he has the best arm in the game and he's the most accurate quarterback ever, but he can't win. He can't beat the 49ers. And, you know, the guy that just retired, Tom Brady, Tom Brady walks all over Aaron Rodgers. And I'm asking you, Jose, why do, why are people so infatuated with him winning his fourth MVP when, He's not getting it done in the playoffs. Because, like, when you think, like, if you could make a prototypical quarterback, you would make Aaron Rodgers. Like, he's got the perfect arm. Like, you know, he's got the – he can throw it just as far as Mahomes can. He can move, you know. Like, his intelligence, he doesn't really commit turnovers. It's because they – like, for some reason, he gets a pass on not winning the big one, you know, since he went the first time because of those other talents, like, cause he is just so good. And I don't think it's a, I don't, I don't give him the pass 
anymore because to me, like this season, they should have been in the Super Bowl. And I feel like it was just, you know, like they didn't get it done and that's on him. But, you know, his talent for some reason gives him a pass that they don't give to other quarterbacks. Like we never saw it happen with Tony Romo, you know, like mm-hmm. he used to put up the numbers all the time, but he right. couldn't win in the playoffs. Right. People always ate him up, you know, and like Peyton Manning never got the pass, you know, like, oh, he can't get past Brady. Oh, you know, the Colts just always seem to falter in the playoffs. But for some reason, Rodgers does not get that same level of criticism. And honestly, like, I don't I don't have a good answer because I don't even know. Like, like, yeah, sure. It's cool that he won a fourth um, MVP, but I would take two Super Bowls over having four MVPs. 100 percent. And it's it's funny because I, I, I listened to a couple of radio shows about him winning the winning the uh, winning his fourth MVP. And they were talking about how the special teams let them down during that 49ers game while in my head, I was like, but they had the ball. They could, they were driving down and they could have scored, but Aaron Rodgers threw that dumb pass into double coverage when he had someone wide open underneath. And I'm just kind of like, why do people always give him a pass? Like yeah. he, he does not deserve a pass. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, it's amazing that you're doing it at 38, 39 years old. But the thing that you don't have is that, that clutch that that I come up big when my team needs it the most and that's that's the thing that's missing in him right now let's think Brady his very last drive as a a starting quarterback they were down 27 to 3 most other quarterbacks you know their team would have just finished getting blown out Mm -hmm. he led them back all the way to tying that game up they were down by 14 points but four minutes to go he knew that they needed to get that ball down the field fast if they wanted to have any chance. And what does he do? One play, and he he beats Jalen Ramsey with Mike Evans. Like, you know, even though all game Brady had kind of been off with his throwing mm-hmm. game, you know, yep. missing yep. receivers and stuff, and yet he trusted himself to make that throw. Why? Because he's an all-time great. Yep. He knew he was going to get a touchdown there. And, you know, ultimately, the Rams had the final drive, and they won. Um, but – like how many quarterbacks could have made that comeback, you know, not a lot. Yeah. And that's what I love about Burrow. Mm-hmm. You even texted me when I was 21 to three, you're like, it's over. Yeah. It's I a did. little bit I too. Did. And I, I even agreed with you. I was like, yeah, yeah it no. seems like, yeah. you know, yeah. Bengals are just a little bit out of their element today, you know, love them. But they, and I, we even started talking about what they could do in the off season to yeah, get back to yeah. this game. And what did he do at halftime? He probably, you know, gave an old time, heroic speech of like let's, let's get back out there and you know this game ain't over and they slowly mm-hmm. chipped away at it mm-hmm. and next thing you knew it was tied 21 21 so mm-hmm. yeah you know it's um i just i don't get it he seems to get a pass that others don't um you can say all you want like all oh, special teams let us down but what about the fact that he had so many three and outs in the second half you know, they were up 13 to three. Why was there not, or they were up 10 to three. Why was there not more, you know, more pressure put on the offense to produce more points? That defense yep. kept holding down the Niners, but, you know, Rodgers did nothing in the second half. He didn't. Yep. So, he didn't. you know, that's a great question. Hopefully someday he will have the pressure put on him that they put on guys like Brady. And even... Yeah, even Brady, 
with all the rings he had, there's always all this pressure put on him. Like, oh, how can Brady, you know, match his performance from last year? When is he going to fall off the cliff? You know, mm-hmm. as Max Kellerman pointed out like five years ago. And, you know, that that moment never happened. Yep. But everyone was waiting for it. We were all waiting for that game where, like, Brady's arm would just give out. You know, like, even Manning in his last season. Like, mm-hmm. yep, he barely made it through the season. And that, that, that moment never happened with Brady. Yep. But, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, probably the prototypically the most talented quarterback to ever play the game. But I think because of his own arrogance, he doesn't have more, more championships to back it up. He's, he's the LeBron of uh, the NFL. He has all the talent. You know, he has all the ability, but – you know, in terms of the hardware, he he doesn't have, you know, the hardware that that matches Jordan or or, or Kobe. You know, and you know, for him, it's Brady and uh, and Montana. I mean, he just doesn't have it. Yeah. Before we move on to our next topic, I want to ask you real quick about Mike McDaniel, the new coach of the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> do, you, do Do you agree with Stephen A. Smith saying that he doesn't count as a as a minority hire? Even though he's biracial, I didn't. I didn't know he was. I didn't know he was. Me black neither. Until, but they, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You know what, dude? That's a hard one because, you know, listening to his interviews, he was saying that he he's experienced things because his dad is black and his mom was with a black man. Um, but in terms of experiencing like racism or you know, or things happening to him. I don't know if he's ever, that's ever happened to him because if you look at him, he looks super white. And um, I wouldn't put it to the extent of Stephen A. Smith, but in terms of representing the black community, is he the, is he, is he a guy that represents the black community? I don't think so. Yeah. Especially, you know, when he looks like Waldo, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he 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 seems like a brilliant coach. I know he's known for his um, uh, run schemes, and 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 he's look at what uh, he did with Debo Samuel. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and imagine him with Tua in that offense. I mean, and uh, Waddle. And Waddle. I mean, you know. So I, I I think he's a bright coach, and and he comes from that uh, you know, that Shanahan tree. Um, but yeah, you know, we'll see we'll see what he does in Miami. I mean, it, it's a big project, and you know they have a great defense and. Th- you know, yeah. they need to uh, plug in a little bit, you know, some more pieces, but I think they'll be fine. Yeah. You know, I get that he doesn't fit the mold in the sense that, you know, sure. He <laughs> might not look like Brian Flores, you know, yeah. but you know, there's been other biracial athletes that, you know, that have had an impact while being biracial. Like, I right. mean, stink Derek Jeter. I mean, that's true. Yeah. You know, he doesn't necessarily look like your stereotypical, black athlete but he was biracial you know black dad white mom mm-hmm. and i mean i feel like he was a great representation for both cultures so i get it you know it's gonna be hard for for people to look at mike mcdaniel and be like there's another minority coach because he doesn't look the part but you know it's probably something that he's dealt with his whole life when he probably says i'm biracial they probably go like get the fuck out of here man <laughs> like you're not black yeah you ain't black. like 
<laughs> which sucks, you know, for him because yeah, he probably yeah. he probably hates being told that, you know, like that he doesn't look like his dad, you know, right. in that sense. But you know, it's it's a good hire for Miami. Um, I think it just there Miami's just a mess in general because of like how the whole situation with Brian Flores unfolded. But it's not Mike McDaniel's fault. And I don't think we should make him pay for it no, by yeah. saying that, like, oh, no, he's not black enough. Yeah, no, no. Because yeah. now we're setting levels. Now we're saying, yeah, like, no. oh, you know, it's not enough for you to be half black. You got to be full black, man. You got to right, be all right. the way in. Right, you know, right. you can't yeah, just yeah, yeah. can't just ha- you can't just have a black daddy. You got to have yeah, a black yeah. mama, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, so like you got to be careful with with that, too, you know. Yeah, And Stephen A. Smith, especially, you know, because he's like a. You know, he's a big civil rights, you know, advocate, you know, mm-hmm. for like for like general managers, coaches, owners, like he wants more minority. So like we we get, you know, whether he's biracial or fully racial, like like he has to accept them. He, he sure. can't say like yeah. he doesn't no, count. Yeah. yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean, Stephen A is wrong in that sense because, you know, he you know, his blood, he's black in his blood. So, I mean he is what he is and you can't take that away from him. And, you know, just like what you were saying, just because he's not Brian Flores doesn't mean he doesn't count, you know, as a minority coach, like this is a minority, you know, hire and, you know, he should be looked at as one, you know, even though he doesn't look like one, but, you know, it's Stephen A. Stephen A is the type of guy that, you know, is all about controversy and, you know, yeah. It's like I'm sure he wouldn't appreciate if people told him like you can't talk for the black community when you wore Tom Ford coats yeah, and like right. you know yeah. yep. you know and custom you know tailor suits like what you know like yeah sure you might have been born in the in, in you know Harlem but you're not that kid anymore right, now right. you know you wear Tom Ford you were designer like you can't you can't represent us anymore I'm sure he wouldn't appreciate that no he wouldn't. so I think people like him they need to think about this you know because now they put a target on mike mcdaniel sure yeah as you know and it's an unfortunate target that he gets put on him that he didn't ask to be put on him but you Mm -hmm. know so yeah hopefully you know we wish him all the the best and hopefully he he has great success in miami absolutely but now transitioning to nba free agency man this was like probably the best trade deadline i've seen in years a lot of good moves I mean, we finally saw Ben Simmons get moved. You know, we have to see if, you know, James Harden is going to lose weight, you know, be less chunky in, in <laughs> Philadelphia, you know, like, like we know what happened when he went from Houston to Brooklyn, you know, all of a sudden he can move again. Yep. So we wonder if that's going to happen now again. But um, what was your favorite move of the deadline? For me, it was, it was, uh, it came, it was, it came out of left field. I actually love the, uh, the Wizards getting um, Porzingis for Spencer Dinwiddie and uh, Davis Bertans. Um, I think Kristoff Porzingis is still a special player, even though he's been injury prone. Um, the contracts that they traded from Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans is um, they were very bad contracts that the Wizards, uh, you know, essentially turned into Kristoff Porzingis. So if they can get it together with Porzingis, uh, Bradley Beal, and uh, let's say Kyle Kuzma. I mean, I think they have baggy mom sweater. Yeah, bag exactly. You know, they're like seven and twenty-two. 
after he wore the sweater. But um, <laughs> but yeah, um, in, in terms of my favorite deal, I would say that is definitely my favorite deal. Um, I also do like the Harden trade for Philly. I don't necessarily like it for for Brooklyn. I um, Kyrie's a very ball dominant point guard, and I feel yeah. like Ben Simmons is gonna throw that off. Um, do he I needs think the ball? Exactly. He's he's he, he's he's ball dependent. He needs the ball. Then I feel like they could have worked it out with James Harden, but for some reason, the Kyrie and Harden didn't like each other, and that caused a, a rift. And uh, um, you know, we'll see what Ben Simmons does. I mean, he hasn't played all season. You know, he he's a very selfish player that doesn't want to learn how to shoot, and you know, is all about himself. So I mean, yeah, we'll see. At man. a certain point. Do we have to start looking at James Harden, though, as possibly someone who's too self-absorbed? You know, he caused all those problems in Houston. Like, you know, he that's much like LeBron. He he had that Rockets team framed the way he wanted it. Maury made all the trades he wanted. You know, he wanted Dwight. He brought Dwight. Then Dwight didn't work out. You know, then, you know, he wanted Chris Paul. They brought Chris Paul. Then he didn't think Chris Paul was working out anymore, so he traded for Russ. He got Russ. And then, you know, everything fell apart after that, and, and he wanted out. And eventually, you know, he, he got his wish, and he got traded to Brooklyn. And then he was happy in Brooklyn at first, but then, you know, the issues with Kyrie not wanting to get vaccinated, which, you know, we've talked about a nauseum. Like, yes, it's annoying, but, you know, it's what – it's his choice, you know, and – like, yeah, I'm sure he was he started getting frustrated with um Kyrie being available. But I think if if Durant wouldn't have gotten hurt and they were still winning games, I think Harden would be okay. Right. I think the frustration started when Durant got hurt and they started losing games. Because mm-hmm. then, you know, more was asked of Harden and he probably just didn't find it fair that, you know, you have Kyrie getting paid his full salary while getting to sit out, you know, all home games or games that take place in the state of New York, like, and, you know, he's probably like, this isn't fair. This guy is not committed to the team. He's not willing to make the necessary sacrifices to be available. Like I'm fed up with it. We keep, and then the losing streak, but I don't think that the way he requested his exit from the team was right. But yeah, I mean, I think that that trade was good, but my favorite trade was actually, um, Indiana, you know, they they got Buddy Heald and Tyler Halliburton from um, Sacramento for for Sabonis. And, you know, like people are probably like, well, we haven't really heard much of Halliburton. He's very talented. He's a really good point guard. He's got a bright future. And the King said no to Ben Simmons for that same Halliburton. (laughs) But they said yes to Sabonis. Like, yeah, like yeah. that's like that's such a king's move, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like they said no to all these deals, but then the one that they say yes to is for Sabonis. Who don't get me wrong, decent player, but like, would you take Sabonis over over Ben Simmons? No, I, I would not. Yeah, that. But that's they did. Yeah, and not only that, they also gave them Buddy Healed. <laughs> like they could have made two separate good trades and gotten value for each one of those guys, but no, they packaged them together for just one player. Because the rest Jose, of what they got was you, filler. 
you have to remember they're the kings. Yes. Or they're the laughing stock of the league. They're the new Clippers. They don't, they don't have an identity. They don't know what yeah. they're doing. They hired Luke Walton thinking that they were going to turn around, that he was going to turn the team around. And what did he do? He left them and yeah, high and dry, high and dry. And now, I mean, and they even traded Marvin Bagley, the third yeah. two for nothing. Yeah. But so they, he, they gave up on the number two pick who they drafted over Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's just, you know, and I also, I, I mean, I kind of like what the Pelicans did, but I would like it more if they were a better team. CJ McCollum's a good player, but it's like, okay, well, as long as Williamson isn't playing, like, what's the real impact from that trade, you know? Yeah, yeah. Williamson, you know, just keeps sitting on the bench, getting bigger and bigger, and not in a good way, you know? <laughs> and and then and they traded for an injured player in Larry Nance without conducting a physical. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I feel like the Pelicans sometimes, you know, too, like they're another team that like them and the Kings, I feel like they just, they want to compete for who could, who could make worse decisions. Yeah. No, I, I, I do like the CJ McCollum trade. I, I, I do think he, um, you know, he adds shooting to that team, which is much needed. Uh, Josh Hart, it sucks for him that he's going to Portland, but Hey, um, new start for him again. And, you know, like what you're saying, I, I think, you know, it, it sucks because Zion has been really good the past two years and, you know, it's, it's kind of tainting him, you know, that he's been injured and, you know, he's gaining weight while, you know, you know, you see freaking um, John Morant, you know, tearing up the league and making an impact yeah. on the Grizzlies. And um, it, it's unfortunate because Zion, you know, was potentially the face of the NBA. And now he's, you know, the face of uh, little Debbie. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, and, and you have to wonder where his commitment is too. Yeah. Yep. Cause there's been that talk that since they won, he has not wanted to be in new Orleans, mm-hmm. which I don't get it, man. Like, you know, I get they're a small market team, but you get to live in new Orleans, man. Yeah, no, From yeah. everything I hear, Louisiana is sweet. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like good people, good food. Good food maybe that's yeah, why he, exactly. maybe yeah, that's why yeah. he's gaining so much weight. Much gumbo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and it's a good atmosphere. Like, you know, you hear Sean Payton, how much he loves that community. So I don't understand why he's so miserable. I'd get it if I was stuck living in Utah, you know, mm-hmm. like getting stuck living in a place like that. But like, I mean, if I'm in New Orleans, it's not the worst place in the world to I just, live in. I, I just think New Orleans isn't a basketball town. They're they're very football dominant. At least with the Utah Jazz, they're very yeah. they're everybody everybody in the, that community is into the Jazz. But if and he I, wants to be great, don't you think that this is his opportunity to turn New Orleans into a basketball it, it, town? It is, but the new NBA is what LeBron does. You know, hey, my friend yeah. plays for this team. I'm going to join him. You know, I don't care about exactly. my son is going to get drafted. Exactly. X team. I'll go play where he goes. I'll go play where he goes because I don't care about the Lakers anymore. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like we're, you know, I traded away all our future and, you know, you know, brought, you know, deadbeat Russ, you know, <laughs> you know, acting all like Debbie Downer, blaming his back injury on having to sit out the fourth quarter because he can't shoot. 
Hey, Jose, you know? they still lost without Russ. So I don't. I think Russ is not the only problem. <laughs> he's he's not. No, he's not the scapegoat. It's no. It's a lot of bad. This, but the yeah, thing yeah. is, it was those decisions were made by LeBron. Sure. Yep. You know yeah. he he framed that team. You know, mm-hmm. like AD worked out the first year, but you know the Lakers had a bright future even without trading for AD. Let, let me ask you this question: Do you think if they still had, let's say, if you know, they didn't make that rush trade, right? And instead of instead of signing THT, they signed Caruso. Do you think they would be better at this point? They'd be with a top those, five team. With with those with like a KCP and Kuzma still. Do you think they yeah, would still let, be let, let's assume Kuzma remembered how to dribble again? So as long as he remembered the fundamentals again and became a yeah. decent basketball player again. Yeah, because I feel like they would still have KCP and Kuzma. I feel like there's no way that um, Harold would have come back. He would have been traded away. Sure. Yep. Montrez, like, there's no fit. way he would he, he would fit, not yeah. have come. No, did not mm-hmm. fit the culture. Did not fit the the mold of the team. But let's say those other two are back, and plus Caruso instead of THT. Yeah, the Lakers are a much better team. Yeah. I think. I think starting with myself, I, 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 I did not give Caruso the respect he deserves. And for the impact that he had on that second unit, like there is no heart on this team. They, you know, like I love Malik Monk. I wish others on that team could play with the heart he plays, you know, like the energy he plays. But like you see a lot of these other guys, you know, like Bazemore has sucked so bad. Yeah. You know, I've never seen a player miss four months with a bone bruise, but apparently Kendrick Nunn, his knee hurts too much to play. I don't understand. Like mm-hmm. they can't, they can't even give us a proper explanation as to why he's been out for so long. They just keep saying bone bruise. It's like, I don't, I don't get it. You know, Kobe Bryant played with a separated shoulder with yeah. torn ligaments in his hands. Like, 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 what are they talking about bone bruise? Like I'm pretty sure Kobe Bryant played half his career with like knee soreness and a bone bruise. Like, like how can this guy still not be out there? You know, and he was like their second big signing. And he's been a dud because he hasn't even been out there. Mm-hmm. And Wayne Allington, for some reason, they don't use him, even though he's a shooter. They talk about like, oh, well, we need shooting. But then the three-point shooter they have, they don't even play him. Right, right. Because they'd rather play Kim Basemore. Yeah. And then Avery Bradley, you know, he's okay. But like, he's why old. did they give him so yeah. many? Why did they give him so many minutes when he's not the defender he used to be? He can't shoot. Mm-hmm. But, but sometimes you have him and Russ out there at the same time. No <laughs> wonder teams are just like, oh, go ahead, guys. Like, yeah, take as many shots as you want. Right, right. It, it's like, and Trevor Reza got hurt since the beginning of the season, so he hasn't really been out there, you know, and he's aged. They don't he's use, done. they don't use done. Dwight. Yeah, DeAndre, done. DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan's done. Mm-hmm. Like, so you, you have all these duds and – you know, unfortunately, the experiment did not work, you know, this time around. But it's not fair for LeBron to just say, like, oh, you know, it is what it is. It's like, no, dude, you formed this team. It's mm-hmm. on you. Like, don't say it is what it is. Like, I don't know. I'm just it, it sucks that they care so little and that they're perfectly fine with having this season be a wash. But, you know, if they're not invested, then why should we? Right, right. And, and, and why should the fans pay hundreds of dollars to go watch right. them? And I've, I've taken my, 
I've taken my interest out of the Lakers, um, especially after LeBron said that, can we be the Bucks, or are we the Bucks? No. Can we be at that level? No. So pretty much he's, he, 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 he's pretty much giving up on the Lakers and saying, Hey, you know, we can't get to that level, which is uh, NBA title, which I get if you don't really think that if you're that good, okay. But the thing is, if, if you say it in public, then you're giving your teammates, you know, this, you know, this feeling that you, that you've given up. Right. And then we watch you picking all-star smiling and laughing. Yeah. You know, and when you're, when, when in reality, that that shit doesn't matter because all-star games don't matter but championships do you know and and the fact that you know he could literally be like you know what i'm gonna skip this year because you know i need to figure this shit out like i just you know like can you imagine kobe you know god rest his soul yeah no he talking like this do, yeah kobe would be like no nah, i'm not gonna do that he would have been pissed off because they asked the question. He would have been like, get the fuck out of here with that yeah, question. Yeah. He would like, have been like, you see the way we're fucking playing out there. What do you think? Yeah. Be yeah. like, why are you asking me stupid questions yeah. like that? Like, yeah. you know, and that's the thing. Like, he doesn't have that presence. No. Like, you know, he's not making the players accountable. They all think it's a big joke. They're, you know, a lot of them that were there the year they won to them. It's like, oh, well, we delivered. So, like, we're good, right? You know, we can have fun mm-hmm. this year. Yeah, yeah. Things aren't going well, but we can still smile it, on the sideline. It's crazy how AD has dropped off so much. Like, yeah, he used to be a top five player. Now he's not even in the top ten. Like, he, he's still putting up the numbers, but with like no impact. He has no impact. He's not. He he was an impact before on the defensive end. Now you, oh, see, Gian, you see Giannis tearing him up in like, the bu- especially in the bubble. AD in the bubble, man. Yeah, AD in the bubble. Yeah, AD in the bubble is great, but you know what? I mean, that you know, that was that was that was one uh, that was one finals or playoff, uh, you know, time. Like, if you really want to be great, if you want to be up with their, you know, with those, you know, with those greats, you have to do it your whole career. And AG, AD is just not doing it. Like, he's just no. He's fragile and. Like what you said, it's. It, I think it's easy to put up the points, especially when you're that tall and you're that talented. But at the same time, when you're not making that impact on the game, like the the impact that Giannis is making on a night to night basis, yeah, like there's no way that you know that they're they're gonna win because it's it's he he has to be that guy because LeBron can't do it. He can't do it anymore like he did ten years ago. He, he it's just not. It's just not in him anymore. He can't put a team on his back like that. No, he can't. But what he could do is be a better leader. Yes. And that's where he's failing. Right. He's failing in his leadership. Right. And I, not... I don't I don't think LeBron's ever been the best leader in terms of accountability. Um, you guys mentioned that he wants to be everyone's friend, which is cool. But at the same time, like, if you want people to really respect you and and, and, and you want people to um if you want to make people better you ha- you have to you know you have to be a straight shooter and i don't think lebron is a straight shooter at sometimes no you know? and especially with his kobe teammates used to yell at, kobe used to get on pow he used to get on lamar like it didn't matter mm-hmm. who you were yep you call know? me brown he used to get on Shaq. yeah yep shack yep 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 so lebron is lebron and he, he he's not going to change and 
You know, that's why he always needed that Dwayne Wade yeah. or, you know, that Kyrie Irving to, to pick him up. But, you know, this time it's he doesn't kind of, have it. That's one thing that Dwayne Wade and Kyrie do have. You mm-hmm. know, before before the pandemic and Kyrie became this more known for the anti-vax status, like people forget, like he had the heart that, you know, he would put yeah, the team 100%, on his back. 100%. I mean, you know, and. And and I maybe that's what frustrates Harden too, you know, that he doesn't see that anymore from him. Right. But you know, it's just like like it's frustrating to see LeBron being so okay with mediocrity and you know, and and just pretty much telling the fans like, uh ne- maybe next season, guys. Yeah. I, maybe I, we can I, trade Russ this offseason. I, I think for us, especially for me, I think it's really disappointing because LeBron was starting to ascend on my list in terms of his greatness. Absolutely. You know, especially after winning that title with uh in the bubble. But now it's kind of it's going back down because it's you know he's not he's not um obsessed with basketball. He's not up or no. he's not obsessed with winning. And you know, me and you are straight up Kobe fans, and Kobe was obsessed with winning, he was yeah. obsessed with greatness like he he that's all he did was greatness he, he didn't understand what it meant to strive to be like a five seed or a six seed like mm-hmm. you know or just to be out there having fun like he didn't have fun because he was the ultimate competitor mm-hmm. and sure. yeah it's just you know lebron is an all-time great but it's just it's really frustrating to see his current position with the team and I mean, we'll see what happens this offseason. I wouldn't be surprised if Russ gets shut down here soon. You know, if this lower back tightness <laughs> kind of gets tighter and like they just claim that he needs some type of procedure done. I if it don't work out, yeah. You know, it's not all his fault. I think it's on LeBron too. I think it's on AD too. They didn't do what it was needed to figure out how to incorporate Russ. Because the thing is, they don't utilize Russ's strengths. Mm-hmm. They have forced him into being a, a guard off the ball, which he it's not a strength of his, and which means he take he he takes more jump shots, which right. he's not good at. What, you know, and I get LeBron needs the ball in his hands, but like you know, if he trade for Russ, you would think that you would you would ask yourself, okay, so Russ is great with the ball in his hands, so how can we, how can we utilize his strengths? You know, how can we help him be Russ on the Lakers? They didn't do that. They no. just, they assumed that he would be able to fit into whatever role they gave him. And that's not how Russ works. Russ right, has right. one motor. He says right. it in every interview. He is not going to fool you. He will tell you, I'm not going to change. I am who I am. So if they didn't do what they needed to do to make him fit in, he's not going to do it on his own. Cause he, he'll flat out tell you, I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care. Like, you guys can hate me. I don't care. I'm still going to come out here and do what I do. If they bench me, then whatever. Then they bench me. That's mm-hmm. Russ. It's not like we got this version of Russ that we didn't expect to get. So, you know, that's why it's just all around frustrating this year. Yeah, yeah. It is, man. And even if they make the playoffs, they're going to play the Warriors, and the Warriors are going to yeah. murder them. So it, it, there's no point in, to me, I mean, would would I like to see a, a end of the season run? Sure, you know, but at the same time, it's it's you know they're not going to go anywhere. The the West is so deep, 
you know exactly Phoenix there's no way and, they could beat the sun yeah, golden state <laughs> and utah I yeah mean, it, it there's no way that they can beat these teams and it, you know it's frustrating yeah so i guess we should all just start thinking about next season <laughs> but yeah and you know to finish up tonight let's talk about this uh the ufc 271 it feels like there was just a mega card last week. Yeah, man. You know, it, it's 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 a new year, and I, I think the UFC is 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 trying to start the year off strong. You know, we have another title fight. You know, this time it's uh, Israel Arasania versus Robert Whitaker. Uh, they fought uh, before, and uh, at that time Robert Whitaker was the champion, the middleweight champion, and now this time he is trying to take the championship from Israel Arasania. Um, it's, it's going to be a great rematch. Uh, Israel Sanya is 21 and one Robert, Robert Whitaker is on a winning streak right now. He's 24 and five. Um, I see it honestly going the same way the first fight went down. I think Israel is um, a lot better than he was back then. I also do think Whitaker is too, but in terms of the striking ability, he's, um, I think Israel is more advanced um, when it comes to not only his boxing, but it also his kickboxing. And I think that that'll be the difference. Uh, Robert Whitaker has very good boxing. Uh, he has very good footwork, uh, but his, his chin is very suspect. So um, I don't see this fight going five rounds, uh, like that heavyweight fight that we just saw um, hmm. last month. But uh, in terms of this fight, I think it's going to be a banger. And uh, I, I see Israel Asanya winning it. Um, but in terms of the fight of the night, I think it's going to be the co-main event uh, with uh, Mr. Uh, My Balls is Hot. Derek Lewis is fighting. Uh, <laughs> I love that guy. Uh, he's so funny. <laughs> he's, he's fighting Tai uh, Tuivasa, uh, a big Hawaiian dude. Um, he's on a, on a hot streak right now. Um, we got two knockout artists fighting each other. They're both heavy. They're both heavy-handed. Um, and someone is going home, you know, being knocked out. So, um, I do see Ty Tuavasa winning this fight. I think he is on the rise and, uh, much love to Derek Lewis. I love how he fights and I love his Instagram, but, uh, I, I think, uh, Ty Tuavasa, um, is, is on his way to fight, uh, Francis Ngannou soon. So, um, Ty Tuavasa is for me, uh, is taking this one. Uh, but overall, a good card, you know, Derek Brunson, Jerry Cannonier. I mean, there's a lot of good, uh, good fighters on this card and uh, it's going to it's going to be a good night, um, especially the uh, the day before the Super Bowl. So um, yeah, it's going to be in. I was going to ask you that. Do you think it's a ballsy move to to do a pay-per-view the night before a Super Bowl? Um, Because, you know, a lot I, of people are going to yeah, be out here in L.A. No, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I think it is just because, you know, there's a lot of festivities during the weekend, especially on Saturday, the night before the, the Super Bowl. But, you know, you know, those people could be out in bars and they could be watching the fight. So it, it, it depends. I mean, you know, super fight fans like me are, are, are into, you know, other sports as well. So um, I don't think it's the best time to put a card on. But for me, I'm still going to watch it, even though it's Super Bowl weekend. So. Or like by that same effect, does Dana White maybe think like, oh, you know what? All these people are going to already be traveling. 
like maybe we'll get more more eyes on the on this pay-per-view because so many people are already going to be in that mode of like heck yeah man let's tell watch party yeah yeah let's let's watch the ufc fight it could be i mean dana white is a very smart man and i i wouldn't put it past him but um but yeah man i i think the ufc is trying to puts you know great cards every month and you know and and keep that ball rolling so I'm just surprised not to see any women on the fight card. Yeah, no, no, it, it's oh no, oh, there is on the um, on the, uh, on the preliminary. Prelims. Yeah, on the prelims yeah. they have. But on uh, like on the on the on the main card, yeah, I'm no, surprised. You yeah, know? no, they have a, a girl. Uh, let me pull up her name. Her name is um, Roxanne Modafferi. She is 25 and 20, so she has 55 pro fights, Damn. which is insane. That's a lot of that's a lot. I don't of know how fights. you could take that beating for that long, man. I know it's something. It, it, it's that's, crazy. Yeah, it's crazy because a lot of these people are are so into the the martial arts and they're so, you know, that's their lifestyle and and you know they and a lot they of times love. they'll fight multiple times in a month, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, multiple times in a month. Sometimes they'll, they'll fight in tournaments multiple times in a day. So I mean, Damn, it's for them, man, it's the know. thrill of of fighting and and you know using their skills. So respect but do do you feel like right now we're we're kind of like trending down in terms of like the talent pool on the on the women's side um i think overall in general i think the talent pool isn't as great because you know let's face it there's no conor mcgregor right now there's no nate diaz you know ronda rousey's in the wwe i mean like there's a lot of there's a lot of transition right now going on in mixed martial arts and i feel like um you know, these cards are especially important because Arasanya is probably the biggest star that the UFC has right now. And he's still growing on people. Like for me, like I like him, but I'm not in love with him. Like he's very talented. He reminds me of Anderson Silva and he's very good, but I want to see more of him. I want to see him knock out more people. Like I want to see him, you know, just go, you know, go on a run like GSP, like winning like 10 straight fights, you know? So we'll see, man. Do you feel like it's an effect though? It's like a Dana White effect because he's underpaying. Yeah, yeah I, I, I feel like that. And, you know, and you know, you got guys like Nganu who, you know, are not re-signing because they're getting underpaid, which is a smart move on his part, you know, because they're seeing how much Jake Paul is making and all these other boxes are making. And, you know, like we talked about in our previous podcast, you know, the UFC needs to start paying these fighters because they are a billion dollar company. And when you're making that yeah, much money. Imagine even a Vince McMahon, how much you'd be willing to pay Francis and Ghana to go and right. have a super fight with, um, right. with, with Brock Lesnar in right. WWE. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, and that's like, that's like Vince paying stone cold peanuts back in the day when he was his biggest star. Like you don't do that. Like you treat your stars like stars, you know, yeah. and, and you, and you want them to be happy. You know, and when they're happy, they perform. And when they're happy, they knock people out or submit people. They they put on their best performances. But when you treat them like dog shit and you tell them that you're not you're not worth it, they go to another organization, they get paid for it. And what do they do over there? They kill it. So exactly. So, you yeah. know, hopefully Dana White starts paying these performers because yeah. it's going to be a real shame if like, you know, the UFC loses in Ganu. Yeah. You know, it looks like, you know, it's not a guarantee that Connor wants to fight again for UFC. Like mm-hmm. the motivation just isn't there because like you said, they figured out they can make more money elsewhere. Sure. 
and and it's funny or, because they're, and, they're and very it's more selective they're yeah. very sorry Jose they're very selective on who they pay right they'll pay Conor McGregor a lot of money exactly they'll pay Nate Diaz a lot of money but in terms of a Francis Ngannou they'll pay him 600k which is a lot of money to us but in terms of you know the fight like game, come on and especially with like how many pay-per-views did he sell like you know it's yeah, like yeah, exactly it's like you know like if we looked up I'm sure you know I'm pretty sure it did really well mm-hmm so like you're telling me that this guy made you all this money off of the pay-per-view and you're paying him fucking six hundred thousand dollars yeah when you know jake paul who's not even a real boxer can make 50 million dollars off of an exhibition fight you know it's like francis and ganu can go do exhibitions you know it, they're not going to be as serious as like what he has to put his body through to prepare for these ufc right, fights right and make you know make tenfold yeah right right yeah it's ridiculous man yeah yeah, so we'll see what happens, you know. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah, on that note, you know, that's it for our show this week. You know, hopefully next week we'll have Brad back. Yep. Um, so so that he can give us more, you know, you know, Brad 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 Brad, uh, Brad comments, you know, just very, <laughs> you know, comp- more give us more of his uh McNabb uh, Wilson comparisons. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll put a bookmark on that and we'll save that conversation for next week too. About the- yeah that Russell Wilson is a better version of Don Ray McNabb, so. Exactly, yeah, because we're not letting him get away with that one. <laughs> you know, like, like no. Like, he cannot, he cannot be a Skip Bayless and get away with it. Right, right. But, yeah, but yeah, that's our show for this week. Um, hope you guys enjoy the Super Bowl. Until the next one, man, fifth down. Have a good Later. one. Later, guys.